Well, it is fall officially, right? I think the weather dropped a couple degrees, two or three, something like that this morning. You guys glad to be here? Yeah. In the words of the old, old, uh, old preachers, we're going to have church today. Y'all come to have church today? Are you, are you, did you bring church in your heart today? Did you, did you come to have church? I hope so. I hope so. I'm going to mix it up on you a little bit. We are in, uh, we're really at the end of our series, what God says about me. I've just got a couple lessons left in this series talking about what, what the truth is about you, what the Bible says to be the truth about you. Uh, today's message was supposed to be, put it up there. What is it? Part six. You got that? Is it up there? Am I just slow? You're just slow? I'm alive in Christ. Last week we were dead to sin. This week we are alive in Christ. I'm going to put that on hold. So just put the series one back up there, Craig. Just forget about it. If you have a Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I've had this chapter on my mind for a little while now. And uh, it seems to uh, need to be read among this congregation. Uh, That is at least the prompting I have from the Lord. And um, this morning is the morning. Uh, Usually I get up early on Sunday mornings and kind of review my message and my notes. And uh, this morning it was it was clear that we needed to be in first Corinthians 12. And so uh, I you could say that this is a, a break from the series. But why don't we just make it a part of the series? Part six. I am needed. I am needed. That's what God has to say to you about you today. Why don't you just listen as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm reading from the New American Standard, and this is one of those chapters where there may be some differences if you're reading from another translation. Just listen, church. Now concerning spiritual gifts, and mine says gifts there, but it has it in italicized text. And if yours is italicized, that can indicate to you that that's not in the original language. It's a word that the, that the uh, the copiers of our text, of our translation, is plugged in to help us in, in our new English language understand what the author is trying to say. Sometimes it's helpful. Other times, I think maybe, maybe it distracts from the essence of what the passage is. I'm going to take it out because I, I don't want you to get caught up. If any of you know what 1 Corinthians 12 is historically used for, it's, it's about the spiritual gifts. And so I'm going to take that out because it's more than just about gifts. All right. If we get caught up this morning thinking about tongues and thinking about words of prophecy and words of knowledge, etc., then you're going to miss, I think, what God has for us. And so let's just leave it as I think the original author intended. Now, concerning spiritual things, you might say, or concerning the spiritual aspect of what we do as a congregation. Okay. Brethren, I do not want you to be unaware You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, meaning that they had nothing of worth to say to you. They were just stones and blocks of wood. Therefore, verse 3, I have made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. He can't do that. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries. And the same Lord, there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. If you want a key verse in this passage, that's it. Circle verse seven. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit 
And to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of those tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually, just as He, capital H, wills. For even as one body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, and all are members of the body, though they are many, we are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether, whether we were of this nationality or that, whether we were rich or poor. And we were all made to drink of the one capital S Spirit. For the body is not one member, but the body is many. If the foot says, because I am a hand, I am I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If an ear says, because I'm an eye, I am not part of the body. It is for this reason, it is not for this reason any less of a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. Just as he desired. If they were all one member or all the same part, you could say, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are in fact necessary. And those members of the body which deem less honorable on, on these, we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has composed the body giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division, no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you, you are Christ's body and individually Members of it. What does God have to say about me? He has to say that you are needed. And this morning, uh, the full intent of this message is to say that somewhere, somewhere you fit in this as a part. When Paul says a member, he's talking about the members of your body. Somewhere in there, you fit as a, as a member of the body of Christ. And we need you to play your part. We need you as the member that you are in the intention of God. God has composed his body. He has composed this local body. And we need each member to play his or her part. I can't do it. Maybe that's... Maybe that's the um, most misconceived 
part of this whole thing is that, is that I can't play your part. Maybe that's the intent of, of the full weight of what I want you to understand this morning. I cannot play your part. No elder, no pastor can play your part. You must play your part. Whether it's a foot or an elbow, whatever it is, you have to play that part. You understand we need you to play that part. I need you to play that part. Um, I thought of saying when I, when I came up that we need you as a part of the church. We need you to play your part in this church. Uh, that would be accurate, but we, we, have a mis- we have that idea of what the church is kind of misconstrued. And so I was afraid that if I said that, then you would have... You would have assumed what I was talking about was we need you to be working in the nursery. We need you to to man a post at the uh, door at some point. We need you to bring this, the uh, coffee and donuts at some point. We need you to uh, help us do whatever number of things that need to be done around here as a matter of housekeeping, as a matter of, of doing the business of church, and as a matter of, of, of actually just practically having Sunday mornings happen. I, but I don't want you, I don't want you to... I don't want you to fall short in your heart and mind as to believe that that's the intent of what I would have you to understand this morning or what this passage would have you to understand. We don't need you as a part of the church. I'm not looking this morning to encourage you or to challenge you or to, to lay a rebuke on you because you're here three out of four Sundays instead of four out of four Sundays or that you don't volunteer enough for this or you don't do enough of this. I'm not talking about I need you to do a thing or a function in the in the church what i'm saying is that you are a member of a body you are a part of the body and we are we're amputated if you will without you fulfilling your part of that body's work we need you uh the reason i pointed out that he says i, I would not have you ignorant Brethren, about, about spiritual things, the difference between spiritual gifts. This isn't about an education necessarily on spiritual gifts, okay? What you, what you need to grasp is that there is a spiritual thing that goes on in the body of Christ, and you are, near, you are needed in a spiritual sense. You are needed. You are needed. And I can't do what you are needed to do. I can't fulfill, spiritually speaking, the role that God has you to fulfill in the Spirit. Now, some of you have no idea what, where you fall and how God has equipped you to be of spiritual benefit to this body. That is less of my concern than the lack of, perhaps, understanding that you even need to be a part of the spiritual entity of this body. Um, I read a, read a story about a soldier who returned home from war and uh, he was ordered to, uh, because of his injuries, he was ordered to report to the uh, military hospital to get checked on. And so he uh, returned home. A young man told his mom he was going down to the uh, military hospital, goes to the military hospital and he arrives and it's this large, magnificent building he enters through these giant doors into a large, magnificent foyer. And in the foyer, he sees two large white doors. And one says for officers and the other says for non-officers, for enlisted men. 
And so he takes the ladder because he was not an officer and he opens the door and he, and he sees down this long, magnificent hall on the, on the center of the floor, this, this green line, as if that's the line he should follow. So he begins walking down this hall and he finds himself after some time at two more doors. And now the doors are labeled for the slightly injured and for the, the harshly injured. And so he, he, estimated in his own mind that he's only slightly injured. So he takes the door of the slightly injured and he finds another line and he follows this line down another long, magnificent hall, marble floors. He makes his way to the end of that hall and it says for the insured and for the non-insured. And so he takes the non-insured door and he finds himself out on the street now. (laughs) And the door locks behind him and so he walks home. He gets home and his mom says, well, how was it at the hospital? How'd How'd you make out? And he says, well... Uh, I can't really tell you much about the people. He says, they really didn't do much for me. But the amount of organization in this place, Mom, was tremendous. And uh, the guy who wrote that story, he applied it to the church as as maybe we can. He said, in uh, many churches, we we focus a lot of efforts on our organization. On getting everything labeled just right and having everything marked correctly and clearly and, and even setting paths for people. Um, and we may look very busy in all of that. He said, but if the Spirit of God is not working through the people, then people just come and go and we've made no real impact on them. And I thought, I thought man, that is so, that, that's potentially so sad, but it's, it's unfortunately very true. And uh, as I often do, I, I began to go through my heart as, as the lead pastor here, as one of your elders, to think, okay, what can we do about that? How can we, how can we fix that? And, and again, this passage came back to mind. And, and the thought I had was, I can't do your, your part of the spiritual work here. Only you can. And so this, uh, this stray from our, our series, so to speak, is, is to beseech you, therefore, brethren, to present your bodies, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy unto the Lord, which is your reasonable act of worship, Paul says in Romans 12. And to ask you to find out and to own the spiritual role that God has for you to play. You see, because you can man a door, you can man a classroom, you can bring the snacks, you can, you can do a part, you can, you can fulfill a practical need here in the church, but that does not mean that you're fulfilling your part in the body. And I don't want you to be ignorant to the spiritual things either, brethren. There are many parts of the body and you have to figure out how it is God would have you to be used because there are, there are people who will come through our doors into this place and whether they hear a good message up here or not, whether they like the music up there or not, it will not necessarily make a difference in their week as much as you can potentially make a difference in their life by moving and acting and fleshing out the giftedness that God has built into you in the spiritual you. I need you. This church needs for when you are here to know that you have a spiritual role to fulfill and that other men and women, other members of this body, but lost men and women other Christians who are looking for a church, whatever the case may be, they need you to fulfill your role. 
And they need you to connect with them on a spiritual level. They need your gifts to play out in their lives. They need that when you go to work, that your giftedness plays out in their lives. They need for you to employ the assets that God has given you. This isn't just about doing church. This is a body of Christ with many members. And there is a spiritual thing going on. And you need to pick up your spiritual weaponry. And when God says charge over here, or when God says defend over here, or when God says guard over here, uh, we, need, we, need, we need each of you. Um, sometimes we can get so organized and so busy, and, and, and I'll just confess, we're, we're, we're trying really hard from the, from the um, leadership end, from the practical professional end of this church this local body to, to become more organized, to, to get you all the information you need, to, to label, to, to delegate, to, to do some of those practical things. This morning, let's be absolutely clear that if you drop the ball, if you drop your weapon, your spiritual weapon, then we, we lack the benefit of you as a member of this spiritual body. And uh, we can do all the organizing. We can do all the fixing up. We can do all the, the communication we want. But the truth is, here's what I know. We've been doing this long enough that I know that if you do not connect on a spiritual level, employing your spiritual giftedness with those who come in and out of this place, those who are a part of the body and those who are, are peeking in and seeing what this body is all about. If you don't connect, if you don't employ those gifts, if you don't figure out what they are and, and know that God needs you and that we need you, then people will come and go. Some will fall away because we don't connect with them. We don't meet the needs that they, they need. So there's, there's your challenge. Part six of what God says about you, what God says about me, is, is that we're all needed, each and every one of us. We're all needed. Why don't you pray with me? Father God, uh, this um, in some hearts may be a challenging message. But I, I sense in my spirit that it will be an encouraging message. An encouragement to, to those who are here this morning to know that, that not only do you love them, not only have you forgiven them, not only are they declared saints in your eyes. Not only have you freed us from the the control of sin in our life and all the other things that we'll look at in this, in this series. But, but you, you want to encourage someone here this morning that, um, that they are needed. Lord, would you, uh, would you make us each to know that we are needed in a real way? And it may not be an on-stage way. It may not be a, an upfront way. It may not be a visible way. It may not be a, an applauded way. It may just be in a smile. It may be in a, in a prayer with another. 
It may be in a word of knowledge. It may be in a word of prophecy. It may be. It may just be one on one. It may be in in our small group. It may be in a Sunday morning life group. It may be as we are with children in the back. It may be as we're out to lunch today with that other that other family. But you have you have employed granted each of us in a special way a gifting for the common good of the body of Christ. Lord, might we uh, might we find encouragement this morning that you have work for us to do. You have work for us to do. We say we love you, and we are we're here for we're here for church this morning. We're here to we're here to have church. We thank you that that our brothers and sisters are here to have church with us. So, Lord, we'll uh, we'll stand together now. And we'll sing, we'll sing once more before we leave. And we'll put smiles on our hearts. Comfort in our hearts. Because you've been so gracious to us. Lord, we, we say use us. However you say fit, Lord, we, we lay our lives down for you to use us. We give you what we have. We yield to you. Take us, Lord. Use us for the common good of this body, that it might be edified and glorify you. In Jesus' name, who is our cornerstone. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing once more before we leave.